Welcome to episode 63 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Martin, hi. It's the Digital Watchman from Bell Valley in Erie, Pennsylvania. I just want to say I love your podcast, love your website, and I've really been encouraged and helped by the other members in the photo gallery uh, critiquing my photos that I've sent in. So I want to say you're doing an excellent job. Keep it up, and thanks for all your hard work. Thanks very much to the Digital Watchman for that excellent greeting. I'm really pleased that uh, you, you're finding uh, the site and uh, the guys that are hanging out there are really helpful. And uh, you know, thanks for the brace for me too. That's very much appreciated. Remember that you uh, can now record questions or greetings like like this one we just heard uh, from the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com. Now, uh, just look for the little applet on the right there where you can just go off over to a website that I've uh, hooked up with to record your messages uh, and like I said the uh, questions also are very welcome I do have one now in the queue and I'm waiting for just a few more before I wrap them together and answer those in a single podcast uh, hopefully within the next few weeks so please do if you have any questions uh, just record it and you know, I'll, I'll get to that as soon as we have enough to, to make a full episode. So uh, moving on to today's episode, and uh, nothing really gives me more pleasure uh, apart from the actual shooting of photographs than to print out and hold a good quality print. With computers and digital cameras getting cheaper by the year and software to support our digital workflows getting better and easier to use, many people, including myself, are not actually holding a physical print uh, in our hands quite so much as we, uh, at least definitely not as much as we used to and maybe not as much as we should be. Rather now the digital images are captured and stored in digital form and viewed on our computer screens or TVs and never make it into a physical tangible object. Today I'm going to talk about some prints I've recently made uh, with Adobe Lightroom Beta 4 and the uh, a, a couple of the Epson Professional Fine Art papers and some of the benefits of uh, the the excellent addition uh, to my digital work workflow that Adobe Lightroom is and uh, just ponder also over a few of the fe my feelings about the uh, Fine Art prints. I'm also going to talk a little about a possible new medium that I'm thinking about and would like to call for your feedback on. Recently, I shot an image while walking in a local park on a Sunday afternoon. I don't really want to focus much on the image today, but uh, let's take a look at it to help me explain. It's image number 1151. If you're new to this podcast, uh, you can listen to episode 0 uh, to find out the various ways to view my images, including uh, by using this number. I wasn't uh, all that thrilled with the image when I shot it originally. Um, the flower, which is, uh, by the way, called a hairy toad lily, uh, and that's hairy toad as in a frog and not uh, a lily with hairy toes. Uh, it's quite a pretty flower uh, with uh, white petals and reddish purple blotches of colour 
And uh, this was a one second exposure uh, at f5.6 with a tarmac path in the background and some trees behind that uh, that I basically managed to throw out of focus um, because I was using a 100mm macro lens with a 25mm extension tube and at this focusing distance it really just everything uh, much further back than the point that you're focusing on goes out of focus pretty quickly. So it's not very distracting, uh, but it was also not very interesting either. I usually try to include other foliage and other other things uh, like maybe some you know some greenery and some flowers to add blotches of color into my macro shots. Uh, but the angle that I needed to shoot from uh, for this particular image didn't allow me to do this uh, on this occasion. So I started thinking that the uninteresting background and even the colour of the flower itself was adding nothing to the shot uh, so it might look better in black and white. And with this I decided to try the grayscale mixer in Lightroom. As I moved the sliders around uh, the image just came to life and it's, uh, it really was in it's incredibly easy to get great effects uh, using just the you know, the red, yellow, green, cyan, blue and magenta sliders. And when I got to a point that I, I was quite happy, I then tried something that I'm not sure other people are doing, and that was to change the white balance. Of course, you know, the as it's grayscale, it's not going to get warmer or cooler as such, uh, but because the underlying uh, image would have looked much warmer if it wasn't grayscale, then it had a huge effect on how the black and white image looked. If you've not tried this in your own black and white conversions, I suggest you give it a try. Anyway, once I'd created this really quite pleasing black and white image, I started to think that I'd like to print it out on Epson Professional Fine Art Paper. I'd bought and tried the Ultra Smooth Fine Art Paper a few months ago and fell in love with it, basically. I also bought the somewhat more textured Velvet Fine Art Paper last weekend and decided to print this and a few other uh, colour images out on both to really just see how they looked and also how they compare uh, to each other. I'd been meaning for some time to add these papers as an option for the prints on my uh, prints of my images that you can buy directly from my website, but I'd not gotten around to it as I'd not really found the time to, to print out much and to really sort of evaluate uh, the, the papers and get confident in them. The paper is also considerably more expensive than the regular high-quality uh, Epson or Pictorico papers that I have in my uh, list of optional papers right now. Or at least until now, uh, as I have now added the two uh, fine art papers uh, for you to choose if you uh, are interested in buying prints. Uh, so the you know the, basically the the results are just beautiful. I found that the uh, both the te the more textured velvet and the ultra smooth are just uh, out of this world. The you know they have uh, latitude uh, or dynamic range, which is excellent. And the, the matte finish also uh, stops any surface reflection that can get into the in the way uh, if you're viewing more glossy prints. The weight of these papers too just reeks of quality. 
you know, when holding a 13 by 19 inch print, uh, you know, I can just really tell that I'm holding a work of art as opposed to, you know, uh, just a, a good print. Uh, before I move on, you know, I guess I just sort of hinted on it, but I guess I could, could just plug here the fact that you can buy these prints from my gallery by hitting the buying options button above the image when it's viewed at full size. Uh, you just need to select the paper, which obviously I, I would hope that uh, you would select one of the fine art papers. There, I've made them about 5% more expensive than the rest of the papers in the list because of the extra price, but um, you know they, they really do make uh, for an excellent print. And uh, also remember, if you are a, a member of the website, then you get an additional 10% discount. So make sure that you're logged on or you sign up and log on before you uh, buy any prints if you ever feel like doing so. So after all that, I really got to thinking about how little I print these days. As I said earlier, I really do enjoy printing out my images and holding a physical copy in my hand. If we shoot negative film, uh, the main method to view prints is to get a little envelope of prints back from the store or go to the dark room and make your own prints. But we would hold a print in our hand and possibly pass it around, you know, maybe sit with the family around the table and just pass it around for all to see. It's slightly different if you shoot uh, slide film or positive film, as I did for around 10 years before I went digital. Uh, as you know, That means you've got to come back with a, a box of mounted slides or strips of slides. And uh, of course, to, to view these, I'd set up my projector and then sit there for a few hours sometimes if I had a lot, lot to look, look through. Uh, but basically, uh, what I'd do then is I'd, I'd also viewing the images on the on the screen from the projector, I would select the best, and then I'd go and have prints made of them again, and I'd have something to hold in my hand uh, in addition to the slides. Although the number of prints I ended up with would probably be less uh, than a person shooting negatives, I would eventually end up with the physical prints to hold and admire. Around five years ago, when good quality scanners gave us the ability to uh, scan slide film at a reasonable cost, I selected my best images and spent a fair amount of time scanning them into my PC and processing them. I already had a compact digital camera at the time and around that time I bought my first digital SLR. So from five years ago my photography workflow became totally digital. When I compare the number of analog photos that I shot in my first six years in Japan from uh, 1991 to 97, to the number of images that I've shot in the last six months uh, since uh, 2000 to 2006, where you know all, pretty much all of them uh, since then have been digital. I'm probably I would say that I've shot around 30, maybe 40 times more images or photos uh, since you know in the second six years compared to the first six years when I was shooting film. But when I look at the number of physical prints I've made in the last six year period. It's really just a tiny fraction, you know, despite the fact that probably, uh, it, you know, I've, I've made 40 times more prints. I'd say that I've made less than a hundredth the amount of prints uh, from the digital images that I did from my uh, original negatives and mainly positives. And this is also in spite of the fact that I can now produce prints so much more easily than before and at my own pace. Of course, the reason for this is because I no longer need to print to view the image from a negative. 
And now, though, I simply transfer the files from my media to the PC and I can view them in moments on my computer screen. The quality of the images on the screen is excellent and I can view slideshows, etc. much more easily than I could even flick through stacks of prints. So it's not surprising that I'm not printing as much as in the past. But having sat in my living room over the last few days holding these 13 by 19 inch luxurious heavy 100% cotton rag archival museum quality prints, I must admit that I feel that I should be printing much more. After all, this was the way to view the end product of our art for more than a century until the advent of digital imagery. I really started to feel that it would be such a shame uh, to let this crucial part of the art of photography die out, especially now that digital photography has made it so much easier to get to this point. Of course, the quality of printers has become much uh, better as well in the last five or six years. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, I did uh, my recent printing from Adobe Lightroom uh, Beta, two, uh, Beta 4. And this has you know, basically made printing much simpler than, uh, even more simpler than printing from Photoshop. Photoshop is easy to get the results that I want, uh, but with Lightroom it's just made things so much easier again. So here's why. My favourite setting when printing is to add a 10% border around the image, effectively printing it at 80% in the middle of the paper. To do this in Photoshop I have to, uh, to enter the height for the, you know, the size that I would like to print the image at in millimetres and into the uh, you know, I'd put that into the si into the size field, and then if the aspect ratio of an image is almost the same as the paper uh, that I'm going to print to, I have to check that uh, you know the image is not going to be too wide. If I've cropped the photo across the top or the bottom, though, uh, you know, then it's it's almost like more than likely going to be too wide. So I have to then input the width uh, that I want to print to instead. And again, you know, I'm always checking that it, that one is not sort of going too wide compared to the other. So, also, you know, I've got lots of different paper sizes that I print to, and uh, I have to keep an Excel spreadsheet for all of the sizes uh, in millimeters to enable me to quickly output them. So this saves me from having to recalculate each time, but it's still a bit of a pain to look them up and maintain a spreadsheet. So since I'm now using Lightroom, uh, if basically for the core of my digital workflow, I thought I'd give the printing module a try uh, to see if it's as good as the others. And I've found that it is indeed as good as the other, uh, other modules that I've played with so far. Lightroom is really all about making the digital uh, workflow as fast and as easy as it can be, and at the same time uh, providing powerful tools. Well, it really has made my printing, uh, or more specifically the time uh, necessary for setting up of a print uh, much faster and easier uh, than it has been until now. The thing is I can now set up templates for various paper sizes and borders so I have a list of all my paper sizes and border settings in my template browser uh, on the left and all I do now is just select them and Lightroom automatically sizes my selected photo to fit the longest edge and it sets the the printer's uh, paper size to the one that I selected when I made the profile 
and all of the settings basically including the printer paper profiles that I select. Actually this is another very uh, useful feature that I should briefly mention. To select the profile for my printer and paper combination I just select it from the profile pull down in the print job settings uh, section on the right. This is managed by printer uh, by default but if you select other from the bottom of the pull down list you get a list of all printer profiles installed on your computer. To add them to the pull down uh, you just check on them and you know then basically click OK and it's there in the list the next time you click the pull down. So it's literally just one click to select the profile in future. Lightroom remembers the last selected profile if changed uh, but if you don't change your paper uh, again there's nothing to do. It might be better to create a new uh, template for each different paper for real one-click printing uh, but as the profile selection is right above the print button uh, for you know one, one extra click uh, would allow me to just keep the number of templates in my list down and select the paper when I print uh, so I'm not quite sure which I'll go with yet having multiple templates with lots of different papers or just select the default uh, for in the template and then select the paper profile every time I print. Either way, Lightroom has once again made my workflow so much simpler, which in a, an age where time really is of the essence, every minute or hour I can save on stuff like this is very much appreciated. So that's about it for the main topic uh, for this uh, this week. Uh, basically talking about my current views on the hard copy. And I was hoping that I could get your feedback on an idea that I'm currently working on. Which is to allow you to download and print your own hard copy. Uh, or view what I'm calling a soft hard copy. Of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast's uh, transcripts. Over the last year or so, uh, since starting this uh, podcast, I've been requested a fair few times to publish the transcript so that people can follow along with what uh, I'm saying. And as the transcripts are really much more of, I don't know, again, a tangible form of the podcast, I've been reluctant to publish them for free on my website. Right now I'm thinking of releasing the transcripts uh, for the podcast in PDF form as a supplement to the audio files. I believe that uh, especially for the technical podcasts like the MTF chart uh, podcast that we did last week uh, and many of the other more technical episodes, it would help to understand the subject if you could follow along with the text, either on screen or with a printed copy. Each PDF would essentially be a standalone document and uh, an essay of around 5 to 10 A4 pages, including the images, uh, and probably a larger actually with the images that I discuss uh, where applicable, and any web links, notes, etc., and hopefully some charts and things as well to explain what, uh, what I'm talking about, uh, again, where applicable. The thing is uh, that it's going to mean some financial and substantial time investments on my part to both set up a system to manage 
subscriptions and to uh, the downloads and also uh, to actually create the last uh, well 63 episodes including this one and to continue to create them for each new episode that's released so I'm asking for your feedback before I proceed the thing is see, again like I'm I'm thinking that each document uh, I'd need to ask you to pay for them if you wanted them uh, and I'm thinking of a price of around $3.99 each uh, with volume discounts probably like uh, $17 or so for uh, five documents or you know maybe under $30 for 10 documents and then the documents that you choose to download of course would be up to you and you'd, pro you'd probably just be linked to your Martin Bailey Photography website account uh, so that you know you you could see your downloads and um, just select things, select which ones you wanted to add to your own playlist or you know your list of downloads directly from the website. Uh, you'd either pay for a download of an individual PDF or maybe packs of five or ten credits, uh, which you would then um, you know they'd stay in your account, and as you select the PDFs you want, uh, you you use a credit until they've all gone and then if you decide that you want to download more you simply da uh, pay for additional uh, credits and then just download away again until you've hit your new limit there's probably also going to be a premium subscription um, I'm not sure of the price of this and I've not really thought of the uh, logistics yet uh, but say something that will just allow you to download everything or everything for, for one year and then uh, just uh, you know then start again something like that so for now I'm hoping that I could just get your feedback on whether or not you would find such a supplement useful to the point that you'd pay for the documents of course the audio files will remain totally free I'm only talking about the PDF transcript and there's absolutely no obligation to buy anything based on your feedback if I proceed with the plan I'm like I said, I'm just interested to hear if you think that the transcripts would be worth paying a nominal fee for. I've created a post on the forum at martinbaileyphotography.com to gather your feedback and votes on a few possible options. I'll put a link to the post and the poll in the show notes, so if you have a minute, please swing by and let me know what you think. Again, there's no obligation to buy anything, even if you think it's a great idea. So thanks in advance for your time. Please remember that the latest uh, photography assignment on sound is uh, currently in progress, so uh, check out the uh, related episode and the forum post uh, if you're interested in getting involved. It's a tough one, but hopefully you'll come up with some great work as usual. So anyway, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, hopefully uh, you'll be out shooting. If you're not, uh, have a great week, whatever you do. Bye-bye. photocastnetwork.com your photography resource in the potosphere photocastnetwork.com